You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag Stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That, Ivan. I'm uh, glad that we get to do a, a special one-on-one episode talking about um, some really cool things that we found from this year's burnout survey. So why don't you tee up a little bit of the background of what we did, who responded, and, and how we're going to be using these as actionable items. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, this is exciting uh, third year study that we did by surveying 2,000 respondents. Well, we actually surveyed more, but then uh, our statistician chopped half of that. So there was about 4,000 respondents, but to get a clean data, uh, we used 2,000 of them. And uh, the goal was to get insight, as usual, to measure sort of the temperature around the burnout in this industry this year, and then also to test a couple hypotheses that we have. And that's what we do every year. So this year, we wanted to understand whether compensation uh, is related to burnout and the structure of the compensation, so commission versus salary, which is something we talked about with you a year Mm -hmm. uh, or so Mm -hmm. ago. But uh, I, that's being challenged now, so it will be interesting to talk about that. Uh, and then preferred work arrangements. Would people want to work remotely? Uh, specifically techs. Well, actually, every role in the hospital, techs, CSRs, managers, and doctors. And uh, also the impact of euthanasia. And also we parsed it between the euthanasia as it is and specifically economic euthanasia when it uh, is the reason is. Uh, inability of the client to afford the procedure. Gotcha. Yeah, I I know we did that episode a while back. So if people want to go and hear some of the just different types of compensation models that are out there, you can go back and check those out. But what was the, you know, I know we had a thesis and we thought that going to a salary only model was something that would be a burnout reduction, right? Reduce burnout. um, And that the pro sal model and negative accrual and things like that were one of the triggers. What what did the results say from this? And then also what has been our results um, internally with what we've been doing with within our own practices? Well, the the reason why we wanted to run this slice and, and understand a because we had hypothesis that we just were running off. So we wanted to actually see because we thought that salary is much preferred over the commission-based structure. So, so that's something that we ran with. Um, and also the whole you know variety of different compensation models in the industry. It's interesting to see what is the best mix for in, you know, in the slice of burnout prevention. So whether you compare salary only, baseline with commission, pro-sell, straight production models, so all of that stuff, we kind of wanted to see what is that best sort of uh, way of compensating veterinarians and the teams as well. Uh, Because a lot of the times people focus on the veterinarian compensation only, but um, they're not the only people that are working in the clinic. And I think this is where the biggest mistake of the industry is that we are seeing how the vets are going to bring money into the hospital, which is wonderful, but they're not the only ones that are doing that. So creating a compensation model that motivates everybody is really important. So the hypothesis that we had before was that salary is the best 
uh, thing out there because then it doesn't force veterinarians to to basically push more and then also that it creates less stress on them and then um, so that was our theory but as it right. turned out it's interesting that there is uh, a correlation of financial security to burnout and uh, it's interesting that there's no direct correlation as i'm on commission i'm more or less burned out and i'm on salary i'm more or less burned out but the way that we arrive to a conclusion is that veterinarians that uh, feel in a more secure financial position are less burned out and there's nuance to it and then when we asked those that feel or don't feel financial security those that are on commission feel more secure for the future and planning and retirement and those that are on salary don't feel that they're financially secure so we made an inference that basically those that are on commission feel more secure therefore less burned out so we kind of bashed our last year idea <laughs> that's interesting yeah because it's that's such a sort of unexpected thing but it's also i guess if you were to just say hey you can't just scrap everything that these that people's minds have been trained to do for years and years um do you think that there's a factor of conditioning behind that thought or do you think it's you know that that's a true representation of the situation you know coming from a commission-based world for a long time um, and moving more to salary-based life I personally feel more secure because, you know, I know what the the amount of money is going to be there every single month. But um, do you think that it is a conditioning that vets are used to something and that's why they feel more secure in it? Or do you think that that's a, a true out, an outcome of what they have? Um, it's hard to say. You know, as they say in God, we trust the rest. Bring, the rest bring data. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we had a we had a certain uh, hypothesis, and it was proven. But we don't have that. Like, we don't really have something to make that conclusion based on data. I think it makes sense. The other thing that I don't want to make anybody confused is that commission means less burnout. I don't think so. I think that sort of correlation says that. People that have more thinking and understanding of their financial future are the people that reported to be less burnout. Is it dependent on that? I'm not sure. Like this is not, you know, directly, okay, you put yeah. everybody on commission, therefore they're less burned out. I don't think it's an instrument. It's just an interesting correlation. But then how did they arrive there? I think there's also more factors that people might be, so just like me before I, completely burned out. I was happy making a lot of money, but at the same time, did it do any good for me? You know what I mean? Like I thought mm -hmm. that it's amazing that I'm on commission. So I would report that I feel, you know, better about my financial future, but I could be completely burned out. So there's, it's just, I don't think that there's a direct co correlation. And I think that it's not, it's probably not a conditioning. Like, I, I don't think it would be that, that it's kind of like an opinion that you control your future. I think there's more factors that we need to uncover through data to actually answer your question, which is which is a really good question, but I think I just don't yeah. have enough information to put it together. Yeah, perhaps in this, in next year's survey, it would be interesting to see the amount of time or the amount of brain power that's put into the financial understanding of the entire practice 
because I do know I do find that that's something that on commission I think people do take a, a greater interest in okay well what was you know how many bookings are we getting how busy is my calendar you know not uh, when can I take when can I take off today because I'm already getting paid but more so how much can I accomplish in the time that I'm here because if I'm going to be here I might as well make it worthwhile um, and by having that insight maybe seeing a direct dollar correlation to that that input and output perhaps that's where we're seeing some of that that outcome what what do you think is going to be you know from what we saw what do you find is perhaps the new hypothesis that we want to take into the world and 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 test throughout this year and see in our in our upcoming results or upcoming surveys well one thing that i want to admit on the podcast that I, I think i'm going to stop beating the drum on salary being an answer to the burnout so <laughs> i think that <laughs> they uh, unfortunately and i'll blame it on our amazing uh, head of pr galena because she ran the data so yeah she, yeah she's her fault she um, really tells us what to say and sometimes she's extremely wrong but uh, yeah, but well, apparently not this time. And <laughs> the uh, but but I think what it's interesting what you mentioned before I answer your question is that the impact that it will have on the team, I think, is very important component of burnout, because if you'll think about the classic six triggers of burnout that we're talking about um, constantly developed by Christina Maslach, if if let's say people would feel more compensated and sufficiently rewarded through that mechanism, which is one of the triggers, insufficient reward. But at the same time, when we design the veterinarian's compensation without considering the rest of your team, the other triggers, I think, could be pulled. So such as conflict of values, um, you have work overload, you have community breakdown and unfairness because people that work for you as a veterinarian pushing now and getting the higher compensation, they're still paid their minimal pay as a techs, you know, and the assistants and everybody else. So without motivating the rest of the team, I think you can create an environment where everybody's burned out and pissed off by driving compensation. So, so as you ask about the new hypothesis, I think we want to understand the impact of employee ownership. We are designing the staffing bonus uh, structure because I think that if you will reward the team who is helping veterinarian to drive commission, that combination is probably the best. And um, and what we want is to test those theories, A, in practice in our hospitals, and then B, through maybe a survey next year. So if I'm just to make sure I'm sort of hearing you right, the thought is that perhaps not just commission for, you know, do this dental receive this amount of money, but the understanding of a correlation between effort and income or reward to that and being able to scale that so that not everyone's on commission. You know, you don't want the receptionist to have to be on commission for how many phone calls they answer, but, um, a, a trigger that shows the ability to be able to directly, you know, input more effort and see a greater reward that comes out of that. So let me unpack that. So where, where we kind of stumbled upon it. So through our employee ownership research and everything that we're trying to implement at Galaxy, we realized that giving shares to someone is not going to move the needle. And the way that I thought about it is like, okay, you tell uh, CSR, that now you're a shareholder and they go, oh my God, stay after hours and happy to work and everything else. It doesn't work. 
So it appears that it needs to very much more involvement. And uh, it does need to come from a couple places. One, uh, it's not about compensating everybody for the number that they approve, but it's creating a camaraderie amongst the team by creating a, a um, a, there's there's a long-term ownership. So you, if you're a shareholder, there's long-term ownership. But then you need a short-term wins, such as bonus structure. And the mistake that we see in the vet industry is that bonus is something that is associated with like annual review. And in corporate world, I was at IDEX, and it was like, and in March, we get bonus. For what? Well, and, and I, I asked, you know, my colleagues, and I was like, so how do I get there? Like, what do I do to get bonus? And they were like, well, you just kind of get it. Like you, there's Exist. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just, we've never seen anybody not get it. I'm like, well, what's the point of calling it bonus? And uh, well, I mean, you can call it bonus, but it's, it's, it's rather a gift. It's not a reward. Yeah, it's, just, it's just delayed salary. Right. It's like, it's a part of your comp. So, and I think that's wrong. I think that the bonus is the reward. It's not a gift. So to get the reward, I need to know what to, you know, what to do to get there. And we stumbled upon a really cool methodology called Great Game of Business, which we are now incorporating at Galaxy. It's essentially, there's two components. It's an open book management, which everybody's terrified of, and they don't want to talk about their profit and earnings and everything else. But in the in the employee ownership environment, you do need to share that with everybody because they're part of the uh, shareholder team. So you do want to have open book management, and then you also set the targets for the team. So what we are designing is that there is, yes, there's commission-based pay for the doctors, but then to drive certain numbers that will drive both revenue and EBITDA, then you boil down the whole productivity of the practice to a number that everybody can understand. And in this methodology, it's called a critical number. So what we are doing it as an experiment in, in two hospitals, we are boiling down the actual target in the budget in EBITDA to the number of patients that each department, and they have they have grooming, they have pet hotel or what the pet resort, uh, what uh, they call sort of um, boarding, and hospitals. So three departments. They boil down, we boil down for them, the target and the budget to EBITDA in number of clients they see per day, each department. So then everybody can understand that number. Because if you'll tell the you know, technician or the CSR, you need to watch your COGS. They'll be like, you, we, what? <laughs> so yeah. they, don't, they have no idea what that is. But if you're saying that if we can see 43 patients per day this quarter, everybody will get a bonus. On top of the shares that are growing, which comes out of the budget. But then if you hit above the budget, then we can actually split that and have a bonus for everybody. That makes it exciting. And then you do it not annually, you do it quarterly. And then there's, uh, so there's a design behind it where you then every day you check in and say, okay, we got 43 patients yesterday. Our target is 40, so we're three above. Yay, let's celebrate. And then midday, you check in and go, okay, we've seen 27 patients. It's only 15 to go to our target. So it actually engages on a daily basis. But then what it also does, which is I'm particularly fascinated about this, is it creates the forecasting process that comes from bottom up. And what I mean by that is that, well, first of all, none of those things are 
usually uh, is something that veterinarians are looking at. They have never have a budget. They just like, I make money, put it in the bank. My bookkeeper pays the taxes. Like they have no idea. Nobody's yeah. budgeting. It's like, you know, it's, well, some of them are, I shouldn't say that, but usually not. Well, I mean, that's, it. that's like those conversations we we've had where folks have, well, I have four years of, uh, of a certain medication on hand and I keep it in my, you know, garage at home because I got a really good deal on it. You're going, that's, yeah. Like, it's going to well, really throw off your numbers. Yeah, but I'm going to use it eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they have no idea. So one thing is to, and and the the underpinning knowledge to that is actually, you know, business acumen. So everybody in the hospital needs to understand. So what we've done, we've done a basic training on what is revenue, what is expenses, what is profit. So that was just one lecture that we gave to everybody in the hospital, from groomers to pet hotel to everybody, doctors, CSRs. And then the next thing is that we're educating them one level deeper. We're explaining to them what is the spending, which is COGS, what is the staffing cost and everything else. Once you deliver that, then you equalize all of these numbers to number of patients per day because that they can see, monitor and talk about every day. So with that forecasting process is amazing because then you can talk to CSRs and say, we usually see 40 patients a day. What do you think CSRs can do to increase that number to 42 per day. And then you ask them on the weekly meetings or monthly planning and say, what do you as a team gonna do to reach the bonus to see two more patients per day? And they say, okay, well, I, we, can't we can't even see 43, but we're gonna accelerate check-in process. We're gonna try to convert more people that are calling and landing on the appointment book. So what they just done by saying that, they said, I set the target for myself, which is the forecast. And I'm committing to how I'm going to do that. And then you're rechecking with them every week and saying, okay, are we on target for that? And you do it with every group of people. So you have technicians. They will say, we want to turn the room faster. We want to draw the blood faster. We want to do this. We want to do this to facilitate seeing 43 patients per day. Doctors, what are you going to do? I'm going to start dictating medical records instead of typing. I'm going to go into the room with a technician and we're going to improve our scheduling process. So everybody on in their role they can understand how do I see more patients per day? And then as management, you just map it to the budget and how do you hit above the budget? And then basically the bonus is then paid out quarterly. And then you do small celebrations along the way. So not only, so there's three components to that compensation plan. There's long-term strategy for uh, employee ownership. There's shorter term strategy, but it's a quarterly bonuses. And then there's also small celebrations, which you create a friendly competitions between them. You give them T-shirts or they commit to deposit that bonus into the community fund and they go to a bowling game together as a team. You do some social stuff celebrating small wins. So my hypothesis, and that was my very long answer to what the hypothesis <laughs> is that we're going to put those three components in and see if that actually drives the behavior and improves the morale and decreases burnout. That's going to be really cool. I, I mean, it, it makes me think just about, you know, positions that I've been in where there are front desk team members and, and staff and, and teammates that are maybe don't have a metric driven result. It's, it's more task driven or function driven. Um, and I, you know, I think of, as we talked about before, I started my life selling used cars. So I've been in the used car industry and that's very easy to measure. This many cars are out there and we want this many to leave as soon as possible. But the front desk and the receptionists, they weren't 
incentivized by that. We were heavily incentivized. And if you've ever walked into a used car dealership, you understand just how incentivized we were. But um, it's kind of neat that if we were to have said to the receptionist, hey, if we can sell three more cars this week, you guys are going to be able to participate in this. What are you going to do to do that? Well, I'm going to keep notes of whose clients are coming in, what the appointments look like, maybe have a good idea of where to point people while they're waiting to make things happen. Um, as opposed to them saying, someone walks in, I call someone who's available, we move, you know, I move on. And they did a spectacular job, but that's kind of a cool way to see how that's going to work. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, and there's, so. there's another cool component to it. That's all wonderful. How do you make this actionable? And there needs to be a education. So you educate your people on the basic business acumen, because if they don't understand the correlation between the number of people and the average check transaction, because you can see, you know, 150 nail trims. And if you do those for 10 bucks, that's not going to replace, you know, 25, whatever else is there. Then also correlation to revenue, the spending. So now you start educating them when they say, I want a new, you know, floor mat in front of the dental station and this and that. And then you're like, all right, but that's going to hit our profit. So you create discussions around it. And then, but what you need is visual. If you don't visualize this and you just talk about it once and say, hey, we need to hit number of patients. Well, they will bring 150 nail trims. So what you need is the tool that will actually show a the goal B, the bonus, and then see how all those numbers correlate. And that's what we build a proprietary tool internally. It's called, it's an app, and every team member has the app and can monitor on a daily basis where they're at, where their goal is, and how to get there. So that's a, that's a very important component, uh, visualization of those things. That's great. Well, I think that's going to be really cool to see, and I look forward to, you know, catching up on how we're seeing that throughout the year, and then also... Uh, what the results give us next year. I know um, Galena, who we spoke about before, um, wanted us to make sure that we discussed the uh, incredible research paper that was put together on the burnout triggers in veterinary medicine. So we've got that published on our website. Um, and then, you know, within that, we we put together some of the actionable framework of how to reduce those things. Um, and we're going to be able to put all those show notes, uh, all the links, everything in the show notes, and people can download that for free. So it's, we... As we've said from the beginning, you know, people ask us why we do a podcast, telling people everything that we do. Um, and it's because we really hope that if everyone can help reduce burnout, that that would be the goal. Um, whether it's us that's the most successful at it or it's, you know, levels all the ships, that would be uh, spectacular. So we're, we're happy to have that resource out there for people. Precisely. So, yeah, look up on the the links and uh, there's, uh, there's a quite extensive methodology that, uh, that you can find. And we're always happy to talk about it further and discuss if you have any questions. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Ivan. Uh, looking forward to the next episode and, and I'll chat with you soon. Likewise. Always a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at galaxyvets.com.